Last time we were together, we are in the book of Daniel. We discovered that if you're going to be a spiritual survivor living in Babylon, you need to live a life of prayer. Today we're going to look at another survivor tactic for those that are living in Babylon. You need to be a truth proclaimer or a bold witness to the culture that you're living in. I like to study the stars. I don't know how many of you ever do that, but if you do, you'll notice that the whole night sky always is in a state of change. It's always moving. You know, you see the moon over here one night, and, and then it's over here the next night, and, and then it's full, and then it's only waxing or waning, and then there's no moon. Uh, used to, early the summer, you used to see Venus early in the morning just arising over the eastern horizon. Now, now you can't see it because it's down. And, and uh, Saturn used to be over here. Now it's, now it's over here if you like to study the stars. Everything is in a constant state of change from, depending on from where you view them and what time of the night you see them. It seems that is the same thing is true with the culture that you and I live in. This is my truth, and this is my perspective, and this is what I believe today and tomorrow. Things may change. In the night sky, there is one star that doesn't change. It's called Polaris, or the North Star. It's the Earth's rotational axis above the North Pole. Polaris stands almost motionless in the sky, and all the stars of the northern sky appear to rotate around it. Therefore, it makes an excellent fixed point from which to draw measurements for celestial navigation. There is such a thing as true north, objective, absolute truth. Our job as exiles in Babylon is to be truth proclaimers. In chapter 2, the king has a dream and no one has a clue. Daniel and his friends have a prayer meeting and God gives the answer to the king's dream and tells Daniel. So Daniel is now tasked with speaking the truth of God to the powerful king Nebuchadnezzar. And he is giving insight regarding God's plan for the ages. If you have your Bible or um, iPad or phone or whatever you want to look at it, we're in Daniel chapter 2, 24 to 35. I'm going to read those verses. Daniel 2, starting at verse 24. <clears throat> Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men, of Babylon, he went and said thus to them, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king, and I will tell the king the interpretation. Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said thus to him, I found a man of the captives of Judah who will make known to the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has dreamed, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers 
cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he's made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals Secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, the secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. But for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were watching and behold, a great image, this great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you and his form was awesome. This image head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out from, without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces." Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them all away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Father, we bow in your presence today and pray that as we examine today this image and this dream that the king had, give us insight in how we too can be truth proclaimers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'd like for you to notice uh, as we start out by knowledge of the truth comes through revelation. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 19, it says, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Of course, we all heard about Nebuchadnezzar having this dream <clears throat> and asking all his wise men, what, tell me the dream and tell me the interpretation. Of course, the wise men try to buy time and says, give us a hint, king. Tell us um, what you saw and then we'll, of course, they could not. They could not tell him at all. So Daniel found out and then he went and he had a prayer meeting. That's what we were looking at last week. And his Guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and him get in their knees and they pray. And then in the middle of the night, God reveals the dream to Daniel. In verse 22, it says, he reveals the deep and secret things. Verse 23, I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You've given me wisdom and might. It's not because Daniel was smarter, but God is the one that gave him understanding what this dream was about. Notice the inability of man to find an answer. Chapter 2, verse 10, the Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Verse 27, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, astrologers, magicians, and soothsayers cannot declare to the king. We do not have a clue what God is doing unless He chooses to reveal it to us. 
The, the, the ancient patriarch Job said this in chapter 11, verse 7. Can thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? You know, man believes that he can find God. His search takes him in many directions. His search for his truth may result in some hybrid blend of religion, some new age mysticism, or an all-out all out me-ism. The tendency of attaching our faith like to some shooting star of an opinion is, is prominent with people. But truth is settled. God has chosen to show man the truth. There is a true north. Without a compass, man is clueless. God's chosen to reveal himself to mankind. God's sovereign control of human events. In verse 21, He changes the times and the season. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He is in control of nations and kings and presidents. He knows and is in control of what's going on in the world. And God shows that to Daniel in the kingdoms that will come after King Nebuchadnezzar. His choice is to reveal his plans to man. In verse 22, he reveals deep secrets and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. And throughout the history of the Bible, we find that God shows his plan to mankind. He revealed himself through dreams and visions. Not only Daniel, but remember Joseph had dreams and visions of what God, even uh, wicked King Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was given uh, dreams about the fat cows and the skinny cows. We've seen dreams through other of the prophets. God revealed himself through angels and through the prophets who spoke the words of God. And now in the New Testament, we see God has revealed himself through his son, Jesus Christ. As it says in Hebrews 1, God who at sundry times and divers manners spoke in the time past to the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things by whom he also made the world. And God has revealed himself finally through Scripture. God chooses to reveal himself and man cannot find out anything about God without God choosing to reveal himself and we see that here in Daniel knowledge of the truth comes through revelation now we see that the dream is revealed Daniel tells the king the content of the dream in verses 31 to 35 said king this is what you dreamed you were sleeping and you saw in front of you this massive image of a man. And the man's head was of fine gold. And then its chest and arms were of silver. And then the third was the belly and thighs of bronze. You ever had any weird dreams? You dreamed of things that just doesn't make sense. You know, I... Last night I dreamed I was fishing and I got my 
fishing pole all tangled up. And there's nothing more frustrating when you, when you have everything tangled up and, and all of that. Every one of us has weird dreams, whether you remember them or not. But King Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. And, and Daniel told him the dream. And then he also interprets the dream. In verses 36 to 35, the first part of the dream was the head of gold. And Daniel told him, you are this head of gold. And what this image represented is the reign of mankind. Of course, it's not all the nations, but the predominant world empire at the time. Of course, Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar was in control. The Babylonian kingdom lasted from 636 B.C. to 539 B.C. And Jeremiah called Babylon a gold cup in the Lord's hand. So it's interesting that uh, even King Nebuchadnezzar could understand this was not something uh, of a spiritual nature. These are going to be the world empires. First of all, Babylon. And then the next one was the breast and the arms of silver. And the next world empire to come on the scene was Medo-Persia from 539 to 330 B.C. and Darius the Mede conquered Babylon. And that's part of history and we could see. And it's amazing. Daniel was given a vision or revealed a vision of this king of what is going to happen in the future. And it literally came true. The next world empire was Media Persia. The third part of that image was the belly and the thighs made of bronze. And the next world kingdom was Greece which lasted from 330 to 63 B.C. And Alexander the Great established what was probably the largest empire in ancient times. And of course, he died in 323 B.C., very young. The next kingdom was the legs of iron and the feet, uh, legs and feet of iron and clay. And of course, the next world empire was Rome from 63 B.C., to about A.D. 475. And iron represents strength, but clay represents weakness. So Rome was strong in law and organization and military might, but the empire included so many different peoples that this created weakness. The people would be a mixture and not remain united. And then there was one more part of Daniel's, uh, uh, or King Nebuchadnezzar's dream that Daniel told him, and that was the destruction of the image. And the destruction of the image, there was a stone that was taken out of a mountain that hit the image and all of those pieces were like dust. They blew everywhere. And then that stone became a monument. And of course, this is a, a beautiful picture of how the Lord Jesus Christ will come and destroy all of man's rule, and he will establish his kingdom in the future. Nebuchadnezzar's dream covered the prophetic panorama of Gentile history from Nebuchadnezzar's time to the subjugation of Gentiles' power when King Jesus comes. This period of time is called the times of the Gentiles. This dream was given to Nebuchadnezzar, the first of many Gentile rulers, who would exert power by divine appointment during the times of the Gentiles. And 
God was not revealing spiritual truth to Nebuchadnezzar, but just something that Nebuchadnezzar could understand. Okay, I'm the head of gold. <laughs> Next time we're going to see that he builds this image and uh, he makes it all of gold <laughs> because he doesn't want his kingdom ever. Of course, he knows that he's not going to live forever. But anyway, it reveals that God is in control of history. He sets up kings and he takes them down. He knows the future because he plans the future. Now, it doesn't mean that God is to blame for the evil things that leaders and nations do, but that he can overrule even their wickedness to accomplish his divine purposes. The God of heaven gave Nebuchadnezzar his throne and enabled him to defeat his enemies and even used Nebuchadnezzar to judge his chosen people, Israel. The king didn't know how long his empire would last, but he knew that it would end someday. In fact, Babylon was conquered by Daniel, called an inferior kingdom, the Medes and the Persians. Now let's look at the power of God's truth. Daniel became a truth proclaimer. He spoke the truth into power. I remember reading a, a story about Billy Graham who was preaching and he used his New Testament quite a bit, so much that the cover came off. And so he said it to the bookbinder too. Uh, and he told him that he want, what he wanted inscribed was the New Testament on there. Well, the bookbinder didn't have enough space to put it on his little New Testament. So instead he abbreviated it and called it TNT, the New Testament. And uh, Billy looked at it and he was going to take it back. He said, no. I think that's exactly what I want on there. This Bible, this New Testament is God's TNT. There's power in God's Word and God's revelation. The pres it has power, first of all, to preserve sinners in verse 24. Notice what happened here. There was a, a decree to kill all of these Chaldeans, all of these advisors to the king, because they couldn't figure it out. They couldn't even bluff their way through it because the king didn't even give them a hint about it. So they started killing all of these advisors. In verse 24, therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me before the king and I will tell the king the interpretation. You see... Those pagans did not deserve to be spared. However, we see there's a little bit of what truth can do can stop the slaughter. It can save. It can set people free. It can redeem man from certain destruction. A.B. Simpson is reported to have said that the gospel tells rebellious men that God is reconciled that justice is satisfied, that sin can be atoned for, that the judgment of the guilty may be revoked, the condemnation of sinners canceled, the curse of the law blotted out, and the gates of hell closed, the portals of heaven opened, the power of sin subdued, and the guilty conscience healed, the broken heart comforted, and the sorrow and misery of the fall undone. There's power in this gospel message. God's revelation to set people free, to, to culminate their death sentence, just as we see happen in Daniel's day. Something else the truth can do. 
The power of God's revelation, the power of God's truth can bring the king to prostration. Look at verse 46 of Daniel chapter 2. Verse 46 and 47. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, this is after Daniel reveals all the truth, all of the interpretation of the dream. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, prostrate before Daniel, and commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. You don't have to be a king for for God to smack you right between the eyes with the power of His Word. And God could humble the most arrogant of people because He's revealed His truth. And His truth is a commentary on the human heart, but also God knows what's in man and He could save and He could humble. So the king's prostration happened. The power of God's truth can do one more thing, and that is the promotion of Daniel and his friends. It says in verse 48 and 49 that the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts and he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. And also Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. They were elevated because the truth happened. It was revealed. And God can justify His saints. A truth proclaimer doesn't always get recognized by the world, but Daniel, but God always gets the glory. Our job is the same. Our job is be proclaiming the truth to a pagan culture. That's what you and I have been tasked with. And if we're going to do that, We must be bold in our proclamation. You know, it took courage for Daniel when he told the king, King, I'm glad to announce to you that you are the head of gold. But there's going to be somebody coming after you. (laughs) Now, if he could have stopped with the head of gold... I think he would have uh, been a little bit more politically correct. But no, Daniel had to proclaim the whole truth. And he did. The next dream in chapter 4, Daniel went to King Nebuchadnezzar again and said, King, you had another dream, I know. And you had this dream of this big tree. And this big tree... It's wonderful. It housed all the birds and it gives shade to everybody. But King, do you know what happened to the tree? It got chopped down. Guess what? You are going to be chopped down. And you're going to be stricken with madness for seven years. And do you think that was a politically correct message when he spoke in front of the king? No, he had to be bold in order to tell the king it was not very popular. Moses had to go to Pharaoh Ten times. Pharaoh, guess what's going to happen to Egypt today? (laughs) Going to get some flies here. Going to get some uh, hailstones coming down. 
going to have the Nile turn to blood. And the last day, your son and all the firstborn of Egypt are going to die. That was not a very popular message. Politically incorrect. Man is a sinner and he has no hope outside of God. That is the truth of God. We are tasked with the responsibility of being bold in our biblical worldview to tell this culture. Secondly, we must be proactive in our proclamation. In Daniel chapter 2, Arioch went up to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 24 and 25. And he says this, I have found a man, king. <laughs> Arioch didn't find a man. Daniel came up to Arioch. Let me see the king. I got to tell him something. <laughs> he had, Daniel had to be proactive. Now, it's wonderful when people come up to us and ask us a reason for the hope that lies within us. It's great when people do that and we can be a, a witness, but most of the time um, it doesn't happen that way. We've got to go and tell others. It's like the lepers. Remember the lepers when the city uh, was, uh, of, uh, was being destroyed because of famine and they outside were the Assyrians and everybody was ready to run over the city and the lepers said, hey, let's go out. If we die, we die, you know. And they went out and they found that all of the Assyrian army was gone. They'd left their stuff. They left their food out there. And the lepers said, hey, this looks like it's not spoiled. Let's eat some of this. And they started to put on the clothes that they'd left. And, and the lepers said, you know, it's not good that we just enjoy this ourselves. We got to tell somebody about this. So they went back into the city and told the rest of them, come out, there's plenty to eat. We've got good news, people. We've got to tell somebody that they too can have eternal life in heaven. That they too can have their sins forgiven. That they too can have a true north to guide them in this life. Pastor Gary and I were talking about, and he was telling me a story when he was a Sunday school teacher youth leader up north in, in New York <clears throat> that he uh, saw, went to visit some of the youth in their home and one of the parents was not very friendly to, uh, to the youth. Uh, he let him come to youth group but he saw this one dad coming out to the car and he began to wonder, okay, what's he going to tell me? What's he going to say that he kids can't? And, and he rolled the window down and he, he talked to the guy and the guy says, is the pastor of the church around. He says, no, he's gone. He says, I need to talk to somebody because I need to get saved. <laughs> how many times does someone come up to you and say, please tell me how to get saved? It doesn't usually happen like that, does it? We have got to be proactive and take the truth to people. Find people that need the Lord. We are not to hide our light under a bushel or wait until someone looked us up. We need to share with them but we also must be God-exalting in our proclamation. It's all about exalting God. It wasn't about Daniel. As a matter of fact, he says, King, it's not because I'm, I'm the sharpest knife in, in the drawer. It's not because I know more than anybody else. No, God has given me this truth to share it with you. 
Yesterday I got the privilege of going with uh, Gary's uh, Salt and Light Sunday School party. They went kayaking out off of Peace River. And uh, they were in the mangroves. You know, if you've ever kayaked in the mangroves, you know, you begin to scratch your head. Should we turn to the left or should we turn to the right? And I'm glad that the person in the front knew the way to go because I was wondering, well, this, this could go, but it looks like it's getting a little low-hanging uh, branches over there. And my daughter was screaming her head off. She was way up in the front. She was screaming. I said, what in the world happened? She hit with her paddle the top, and all those fiddler crabs were raining down all over her. And so she was freaking out. My wife said she would freak out too if the crabs were raining down on me. But you know, I often thought, being lost in the mangroves would be terrible, wouldn't it? (laughs) This world is a confusing place. Everybody is lost, but it's so great We have a compass, God's Word, and it points to true north, the truth. And you and I, folks, we've got the compass. And you and I have the responsibility of teaching our children, our grandchildren, teaching our friends and neighbors and people that God brings across our way and pointing them to the truth of God. That first of all, God is real. He's revealed Himself in Scripture. He's given to us His Son, His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who is the only Savior. And the truth that anyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, what a wonderful job that we have got. And what a wonderful compass God has given us that always points true north. Let's pray. Father in Heaven, I thank You so much for your precious word. I thank you so much, God, that we have not been left down here to figure our own way out. The king had a dream and nobody had a clue except Daniel because you revealed yourself to your prophet. Father, I thank you. You've chosen to give us this compass and I pray that, Father, if there's one here that's never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. May your Holy Spirit, God, nudge their heart, nudge their heart to believe in Jesus. Oh God, we know you are powerful. Your word is like TNT. It can move, it can melt, it can change. And we trust you to do that in people's hearts. And God, help us to be so overjoyed with sharing that truth with others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.